0: Time for our Thursday session. Topical, topical discussion. We're going to go find our friends over at ChristianCourier.com once again, and uh, we're going to read an article called Is God There? Question mark. Is God There? Stefan Maier with you. Additsouls.com is my website. East Coast Church of Christ.com is the church site. Please consider subscribing, giving us a thumbs up. Uh, comment, sharing the link far and wide if you um, find a spiritual benefit to your life in um, participating with this content, this material being uh, created. And uh, yeah, all that kind of good stuff. that okay? that good? Consider sus- uh, signing up to addedsouls.locals.com. It's our freedom community over there. And uh, it won't cost you anything to sign up. However, you do have the opportunity to support the Added Souls Ministry, the work through the Maya family and the mission we are involved with, the East Coast Church of Christ.com. Good stuff. Is God there? It's a very good question. When we're suffering, is God really watching over us? Does he really care? For those of us who have been in the church for a little while and have experienced deep, devastating sorrow, loss, It could be through the hostility and persecution of the unbelieving world, tyrannical or corrupt governments, persecution from its various facets against Christianity, maybe its health reasons, maybe natural disasters. Things threaten our faith every other day. Can we persevere through it? But when we go through this deep suffering, is God really watching over us? Sometimes it's very tempting, and uh, I've been there many times, very tempting to say, no, he isn't, and I'm just imagining he is. He's not really there. Because you're so filled with emotional pain and trauma and tragedy that you can't wrap your mind around what's happening, so the uh, immediate worldly um, answer, if you will, would be, well, no, there's no God there. Well, if there be a God, why would he have allowed such pain to take place, if you will, and things like that. So we're going to read the article from our brother Wayne Jackson. May he rest in peace. And... um We'll see what uh, it has to say, and we'll share our thoughts and our studies and all that kind of good stuff. All right, let me check if we are streaming, just to be sure. It's rolling over here on the Rumble. Yeah, there it is. All right, good stuff. When we're suffering, is God really watching over us? Does he really care? Good questions to ask. When the hardships of life take their toll, the article would say. Sufferers may be tempted to question whether God is at all concerned. Like, does He even bother Himself with this kind of pain that we go through, right? Yet the following truths reveal that the faithful child of God is ever in the mind and care of our loving Creator. And that is encouraging, that is edifying, that gives us comfort to persevere when we are faced with some very challenging sorrows in life, persecution. Moments of doubt, uncertainty, uh, things that might um, uh, greatly challenge our faith, and uh, things like that. The article continues and says, Emma was a sweet four-and-a-one-half-year-old girl, the utter delight of her parents. Now, she is with the Lord, because Emma was killed in a tragic automobile accident. Many grieving souls with sincere faith struggle with these sorts of tragedies. Does God hear our pleas when we pray for the protection of our loved ones? Does he intervene providentially on behalf of his children? If so, why do these heartbreaking things happen? Why? I've asked that question to God in devastation, weeping, angered. Why? why if you are true and you are real why did you allow this to happen are we not faithful are we not doing the best we can are we not confessing our sins and being transparent have we not been doing the work that you've called us to do are we not purpose driven in your church to uh, the greater good of the kingdom and why why do these things happen no of course Uh, when you are capable of controlling your emotions and uh, you once again uh, have your mind. Because sometimes a very tragic thing can uh, deviate you from self-control and the ability to have uh, your faculties organized. And so there's a breach there uh, of your mind that goes into the realm of um, emotionalism. And it's not that it can necessarily be inherently sinful or anything. It isn't. It's just it can turn sinful if you allow yourself to be driven by uh, emotions that may not be accurate to decent faith in Christ. Why do these things happen? Why, Why would a beautiful little girl die at the hands of a car accident. Like why did that ha- why would things like that happen, right? A lot of pain. Our souls agonize. The article says with those who are subjected to such ha- horrors. How do we assist them? It's not easy. But here are some principles that may help. Instead of trying to make sense of individual episodes of tragedy, we need to focus upon several fundamental truths. And that's I think the direction of this article has a good point to go into because every time I felt a deep devastation when I went to the Bible, it made sense and it helped me heal. It helped me make sense of what took place and how it took place and why it took place. And it, it answers the questions of, of deep sorrow and, and uncertainty and doubt. Um, sometimes you can't figure it out from the world's perspective. Why would this individual have done that? Why would he have betrayed? Why would he have... Uh, slandered. Why is he bearing false witness? Why is he a murderer? Why is he a liar? Why is he uh, a divisive individual? Why does he? Why is he so filled with pride? And why is he so filled with control? And why? Why? Why is he so evil? Why are some people so evil? That they want to destroy marriages and families and churches and friendships. Why are they driven by this? And they tell themselves that they are doing good by God. Why do why do they why do they believe that? I mean, Paul, Saul thought he was doing good sincerely as well. He thought he was doing what the Bible told him to do when he was persecuting Christians. I mean, why? Why are we so evil at times and think it to be good? You know, why do we do these things? Sometimes it's an accident, like Again, the drunk driver hits your son or daughter. Man, That's why does that tragedy have to happen? Sometimes we're not going to get an answer from that, other than some people are evil. Some people's hearts are evil. Look at the Pharisees in which Jesus had to deal with. They had an evil, self-righteous, hypocritical heart. Yes, they were created in his image. Yes, they were human beings. And yes, Jesus said how he loved them and would have... Wanted them to repent. They didn't want to. That's just a fact of life. Why are there Christians who uh, masquerade themselves? They put the wool on. They're wolves, but they put sheep's wool. Why did they do that? Why did they hurt us so much? Why? Why are they so uh, cold-hearted? Why? No, they're evil. And at the end of the day, you can't really figure it all out. They're just there's people who are just they don't have a good heart. They have a bad heart, and they're evil. Why, God? Why do you allow these people to keep doing the evil they do, right? Well, the Bible answers all these questions. And, of course, I think that's indeed where the direction of the article is going to go. So the first point to the article, he says, is, well, in God we trust. It's it's absolutely paramount, he says, that we establish our confidence in the testimony of the Scriptures. Unless we are convinced that the Bible... uh, uh, that the Bible is true, and we can trust its message, there's nowhere to go for any meaningful resolution. And that, that man, well, that brings to my mind Peter. When Jesus was uh, bringing to the people the attention uh, that they had to make a decision, and he was saying some some very powerful things, that he was indeed the Messiah, the Christ, And that he had to die. And he spoke of his death, burial, resurrection. And they just couldn't handle it. They didn't want to handle it. They knew what he was saying. They just didn't. So he was giving them that fork in the road. You need to make a decision now. And uh, many of his disciples left him. They didn't want to go that far with him. They're like, no, I can't go that far. So he turns around, he turns and he asks his closest associates, you know, are you going to go too? And Peter says, of course, well, where do you want us to go? Father? I mean, you have, you have the words of eternal life. And Peter was spot on. We've seen what the world had to offer. We've seen what they have as an answer to all these, this fallen disaster we have to experience on this earth. The, the, the world don't, no, Jesus is the only way. He has the answer. So when we go through some tragic, traumatic devastation and sorrow, trial and challenge and temptation, if we go to the world, they're not going to help us. They're going to want us to, you know, what we used to do, I guess, get drunk or something, get angry, hurt someone perhaps, you know, get bitter, get hateful in an unrighteous way. Get angry in an unrighteous way? Get violent in an unrighteous way? Well, no, the world don't have answers. The Bible does. The Word of God does. And that's what brought me and brought every Christian who has ever dealt with all kinds of pain. Loss of loved ones, persecution, wolves in sheep's clothing. Again, who devour your loved ones with lies and deceit, manipulation, psychological uh, uh, manipulation. All this, all this pain you have to grow you have to go through, which we gain wisdom from and discernment, mind you. Well, the answer is in the Bible. The Bible brings you back. So we must, therefore, the article says, immerse ourselves in the evidences that build faith in the integrity of the Word of God. This will be the foundation upon which all else rests. If we desert our faith, we have solved nothing. Rather than having a single problem, we then will have two and infidelity is of far greater consequence and sadly again we've witnessed these things when devastating moments come in life some fall away they lose their faith and they withdraw themselves from god's grace and the fateful assembly some they grow uh, jaded hateful and bitter against god or against the church against their brothers and sisters fill themselves with hate. And some break down and have a moment of uncertainty and, 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 and weeping and uh, a lot of pain. But they go to the Bible for answers. When I was screaming to God, why? I knew he was not going to open the sky and directly miraculously speak to me and say, well, here's why. I had to go to the Bible. And sure enough, when I opened the Bible, I was like, oh... We just dealt with this kind of a person. That's why we're in a lot of pain. A wolf in sheep's clothing. That's why we're in a lot of pain. The Bible will answer those questions. You lose a loved one. The Bible answers that. Natural disaster, disease. The Bible answers that. We've witnessed all sorts of things. The Bible has an answer for that. And we have to go to the Bible. The article continues into another category now called God listens to our prayers. So in God we trust, now God listens to our prayers. And the Creator, is the Creator sensitive to our prayers? Yes, He is. Jesus Himself depended upon prayer. Luke twenty-two forty-four. He prayed that if God so willed, the cup of suffering might pass from Him. But it didn't. There was a higher purpose to be served. Hebrews chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. Though Christ taught that the Father lovingly listens to us, and there are numerous scriptures to prove that, that doesn't mean that we're, we're immune to the common difficulties of life. Were that the case, no child of God would ever die. We're going to deal with these things, and they come from all angles. And sometimes they come from those closest to you, those you thought were your friends. Look at Judas and what he did to Jesus. Look at Jesus, his siblings, his own brothers in the family. They didn't believe him. Matter of fact, they told him, "If you want to be, if you want, if you want to try to uh, convince us that you are the Christ, you better go to the religious leaders there and have the Pharisaical blessing, if you will, and their school of thought, and have their." Uh, their stamp of approval before we believe you, you know, that kind of stuff. I mean, sometimes it's something just obscure and unknown, just a, a random act of disaster that you weren't even expecting. Sometimes it's just life again, it's fallen world, disease, viruses, all sorts of things going on in this fallen world, and we're not here forever. Matter of fact... Uh, it's but a vapor, right? It co- comes and goes so quickly. We have to put our trust in something else than this dying world and all its, its fallen ways. Yeah, God. God. Through Christ, though Christ taught that the Father lovingly listens to us, uh, taught that the Father lovingly listens to us, all sorts of scriptures to prove that, that does not mean that we will be immune to the common difficulties of life we're going to have to understand that we're going to deal with these things why do you think jesus spoke on how we should be in his sermon blessed are you when people speak all manners of evil against you right when you're persecuted when your own kind when your own kind are heartless and cold and evil and they slant- slander you and demonize you they bear false witness against you. Uh, they devour your loved ones. They cause all kinds of problems. Uh, what, how do you deal with that? Go to the Bible. The Bible will tell you why. We are citizens of a planet cursed by evil, the article continues, and we, like all others, are heir to its hardships. Prayer will provide the Christian with comfort and the strength to endure, but it does not exempt us from trials. We always, of course, think, well, maybe it won't happen to me. It may happen to others. It may not. Hopefully it won't happen to me. And it might not. Some brethren have the blessing of going through this life with not too many trials. You're going to have some, regardless. It's going to happen. It's an inevitable, objective, absolute. You're going to deal with problems, some of us more than others, some others more than us. Just is what it is. God's not playing favorites, but God's providence, his will for the greater good of the kingdom from those who love him, there is a pattern, there is a purpose, there is a design. And it's God's will. It's not God's will that evil prevail. It's not God's will that evil people do evil things. It's a fallen world, and there's a natural order to this fallen world in which we are submissive to. And we can make logical sense of that, and we can defend the faith. We're going to go through trials, we're going to go through moments that are very difficult. How do you deal with it? The Bible, the Word of God comforts us, prayer. I remember in my past life, there was no prayer, I was not right with God. And it felt very lonely, it did. when I was going through sorrows and moments of difficulty in my past life, without God, without prayer, it was very lonely. Very lonely. But with God, you have someone who is listening to you, who is answering you through his word, through his providence. You have hope you're not alone. Even when Jesus had been abandoned by everyone around him, He had his father. He could pray to his father. Though everyone turn against you because you're faithful to Jesus, you have Jesus. Whether your wife, your husband, your children, your parents, your neighbors, your coworkers, friends, family from afar, anyone, brothers and sisters, if everyone were to abandon you tomorrow, you have God. You have your Lord and Master, Jesus Christ. And I know that's easier said than done, but it's true. And if you tap into that source, you will persevere, you'll make it, and you'll have a lot of wisdom. So the writer continues in another category called providential intervention. Is it true that God is able to intervene in the lives of his people to bring about in a providential, in other words, non-miraculous fashion, what is best for them? And the answer is yes. If we could only see, quote, behind the scenes, we might understand that what is now perceived to be quite bad, from our limited vantage point, may turn out to be good in the final analysis. And friends, if you give it enough time, it makes sense. It seemed devastating, traumatic, when Jesus was being nailed to that cross. When those who loved them were seeing that happen, they must have been broken. I thought he was God. I thought he was more powerful than the Romans and and the Jewish leaders. I thought, now it's done. They've lost hope. They were defeated. Satan won. Look, he's on the cross dying. He's got no power. Imagine how sorrowful that must have been for mary his mother to see that his friends it could have broken the faith and it did many of them went back to their old lives they're like well well, we're done with that i guess broken defeated right but it was at that moment where satan thought he won that christ proved victory the conqueror christ is our victor he conquered death so out of Satan's chaos Christ won we go through a great many devastating things at the hands of evil people but when we take the time to allow God's providence to soak in and at times that takes months years maybe decades you look back and you're like wow Jesus really separated the goats from the sheep here. He really took what is fateful and made good and decent with it. And what is evil is going to be judged, eternally punished. Sometimes you don't recognize the blessing until some time has passed. And you might say, well, when we lose a loved one, Give it time. Sorrow doesn't go away from losing a loved one. It's a pain that just doesn't go away. You just have to learn how to deal with it. But the more you do, and the more you allow yourself to to have your thoughts soaked into the Word of God, you start to see how God's providence, His love, is there with you, even through devastation and sorrow. You have to recognize that. Sometimes we think withdrawal from a brother or sister who is uh, rebellious and prideful and controlling and manipulative and filled with all kinds of behavioral delinquencies and hate and stuff like that. We think it's, it's a devastation to withdraw from them, to no longer be in fellowship with them. And it is a travesty and it is sorrowful that a brother or sister's soul is now eternally damned because of their... Hateful hearts, but it's a blessing because you know these types have always been a problem in the church. These bullies, these obnoxious bullies, these liars, they've always been causing problems in the church. They are not an asset, they've always been a liability. Well, it's a blessing to no longer be surrounded with those kind of people. We pray they repent, we pray they humble their hearts. But it's a blessing to no longer be around them. We know that we've had these toxic abusers manipulate our thoughts and cause us to be isolated and in pain and uncertain. And then when God removes you from such chaos and corruption, you start to see the beauty of God's love. Sometimes you just got to give it time. You got to read the Bible. You got to read the Bible. He'll teach you. He'll tell you what's going on same with all of it why is our government so hateful against us why is our government so corrupt now and removing all our freedoms and telling us it's illegal to quote the bible and to do that and why are they doing this why are we it's a fallen world there's an answer to all of this the bible teaches us the answer why did my loved one have to die why did a drunk driver had to murder my sons and da- my son or my daughter The Bible will answer that. Why does an earthquake happen and people die? The Bible answers that. Why did I get sick? Why do I have cancer? Why do I only have a few months to live? The Bible answers that. Why would a wolf in sheep's clothing pretend to be our friend and destroy instead of unite? The Bible answers that. We got to keep with it. Providential Intervention, the article continues, Paul petitioned the Lord that he might be able to visit the saints in Rome. God moved in mysterious ways to bring about the apostles' request. It actually involved Paul sending four years, or spending four years, as a prisoner. See, sometimes things happen, right? It's very clear that our Father can operate in our lives, but precisely when he is directing matters, we cannot know. God can intervene, but some things may just happen. We can only resolve to glorify, uh, to glorify the Lord under any circumstance, and that's it. The Bible makes it clear that it is not possible for us to scrutinize the ways of our Maker and subject them to meaningful analysis. Romans eleven thirty three. Oh, the depth of the riches both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God! How unsearchable are His judgments and His ways past tracing out. We're not qualified to be the Lord's counselor or to tender judgment upon what He is doing. This was a major lesson that Job, the patriarch of Uz, had to learn. Job chapter forty two verse one two and three. And we have to accept that today in a practical application. It happens. And you're devastated when it happens. It catches you off guard. You may have a blind spot to it. You were maybe unaware of it. You weren't paying attention to the red flags, right? Uh, The naive, innocent young girl wants to marry... A boy we all know to be a toxic abuser, a psychological manipulator. She is charmed by him. She believes him. She marries him. And she becomes the victim of his abuse. She learns a hard lesson in life. She learns a hard lesson in life, doesn't she? Many of us, again, it's poor decisions out of our... Naive minds sometimes were taken advantage of and swindled by, again, these types of evil workers, and you'll find them out there in the world, and you'll find them crept in among the pews in the church. We do not suffer alone, the article continues. We are not the first to struggle with the mysteries of crushing blows in our lives. The early saints were similar, uh, or similarly confronted with such hardships, and yet they maintained their faith. During the reign of Herod Agrippa, I, James, the brother of John, was killed for the cause of Christ. And yet Peter, on the same occasion, was delivered from prison and spared the malicious intent of the ruler. Acts chapter 12, verse 1 and following. Well, why did that happen? Surely the Jerusalem Christians puzzled over this matter. Why, why, I ask myself that question as well from my past life. Why am I alive and some of my friends dead? Why? Why was it the case that, the article continues here, why is the, why was it the case that Epaphroditus, Paul's helper in Rome, who had become so desperately ill, was delivered from his illness? In Philippians 2.25-27, while Paul himself who was afflicted with some grievous thorn in the flesh, was informed that he must abide in that condition. 2 Corinthians 12, 7, 8, and 9. Why these seeming inequities? We do not know. But the New Testament writers record these events with no apology. We will never be able to figure it out why some of us today appear to have it all so well, while others are forced to endure agonies. We must simply have confidence that our fathers work in a plan that he knows far better than we do. And we must wait for the uh, clearer picture. Sometimes, again, you give it time. You give it time. Next section of the article, God always does what is right. Based upon what we know of God's goodness, as revealed in the scriptures, we must conclude that whatever he does or allows to happen ultimately is right. Genesis 18, 25. The life of faith is a life of trust. We're not promised exemptions from suffering. We're promised that whatever bad happens in our lives, through it all, the Lord loves us supremely. Romans 8:35 and following. Makes me think of Peter again, sinking, when he focused on the storm. But when he focused on Jesus, he... He could walk on water. When we go through these storms in life, we have to focus on Jesus. How? It's practical. Read his words. Cling to the faithful. The faithful brethren will encourage you. They will comfort you. They will edify you. They will help bring you back from a very devastating and dark and sorrowful place. Practice benevolence love others love your enemies evangelize tell people the truth about jesus you'll get through it it's helped me thus far and i'm not saying i've gone through uh, deeper sorrows than some but i assure you i know very well deep sorrow i know betrayal i know pain i know having loved ones devoured loved ones murdered I've lived a bit of life. I've seen a few things in my mid-40s now. What's always kept me focused? The Word of God. The Word of God, His love, His grace, and the love of faithful brethren. Faithful brethren, I can't brag on them enough. We've lived through brethren who have always been corrupt, who have always hated us, who have always been bitter against us, who have always whispered and murmured and gossiped behind our backs we still love them we've loved them we've given them everything we had and these kinds are easily devoured by a devil but we've also witnessed brethren who are always humble who has always been givers who have always been productive who have the who have integrity you can rely on them and they're there for you they share meals with you they share hospitality with you They help you financially. They comfort you. They edify you. They embrace you. They find joy with your joy. And they are sorrowful when you are sorrowful. That is love. God always does what is right. And we understand that. And we can see that. The article concludes with another section. A brief section says, This world is not our home. That is indeed true. And that happens to be the most, uh, the favorite song of a sister we uh, ministered to for many, many years. Finally, whatever the difficulties and mysteries of this life, we can take hope in the fact that the trials we now endure are but a prelude to glory. We will understand things much better in the sweet by and by. But we are not there yet. We're still in the hard here and now. And that concludes the article from our brother Wayne Jackson over at ChristianCourier.com. Title, Is God There? He is there. We can trust in Him. He listens to our prayers when we are faithful. He has providential intervention. And we're not suffering alone. Many have suffered just like us. That's why you have to open up with brethren. Because those who have been through the same things you've been through, they understand the wisdom and they'll comfort you. You'll speak the same language. Sadly, some brethren can't discern a lie from the truth, they can't discern the innocent from the guilty until they themselves go through that same trial. Once you've had your sons and daughters devoured, once you've gone through pain at the hands of evil, then you'll grow to the wisdom and be like, oh, so that's what they were talking about. Man, I've been blind for a long time, haven't I? Yeah, welcome to the club. Many of us go through stuff. (laughs) We don't suffer alone. Jesus himself said to be joyful when you receive persecution. Because they treated the prophets same way. Same way. God always does what is right. And we can count on that. And this world is not our home. We don't trust in the kingdoms of men. They die. We trust in the kingdom of Christ. He lives. And though we have... Responsibility to be good stewards of our existence on this earth for the Christ. It's here tomorrow. It, it's here today, it's gone tomorrow. Always be ready for your departure. Pray to God. He'll see us through the storms. He is a just God. Let's do what's right, and He'll see us through it. It has to be. If not, there is no hope. I remember in my past life, none of these things... You were hopeless. There was no hope. There was no peace. There was no family, no unity. The greatest blessing is to know the love of Christ, have His forgiveness, to be humbled. We are truly blessed here with the current work of the East Coast Church of Christ. It is a blessing, it is such a blessing a loving family, a growing family. You need something like that. You should seek a faithful congregation. If you're on the east coast of Canada and you like to study with us, find yourself in New Brunswick, reach out to us. God is there. And He's with the faithful. And you can find refuge, and rest with us at the East Coast Church of Christ. We can go through all these things in life together knowing that God is with us. There's hope there. There's peace. There's forgiveness. All right, my dear friends, thank you so much for your kind attention. Stay focused and stay positive. Lord willing, tomorrow, perhaps, for our sociopolitical-themed day in our podcast throughout the week, check the show notes for each day and what we do with each day from Monday to Friday. Please consider getting involved with the work. You certainly can sign up to addedsouls.locals.com and support the Added Souls ministry. No amount is too small or too large. Everything's transparent. It goes uh, for the greater good, of course, of uh, the gospel. That's a beautiful thing, isn't it? All right. I think that's about it for now. As far as I can think of, peace out.